0: Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles.
1: And this is Nate Baranowski.
0: And today we review the 1997 Julia Roberts
1: classic, My Best Friend's Wedding. We discuss the
0: most unlikable, likable lead character. We discuss all the romance
1: corner angles and pitfalls and traps. We discuss George and how he steals the scene many times.
0: And finally, is it awkward to have... A close best friend as you marry someone else.
1: All this and more on Movies on the Side. This week, we
0: reviewed the 1997 movie starring Julia Roberts' My Best Friend's Wedding. Nate, do we do a spoiler horn for a movie that's literally 24
1: years old? I don't think so. If you haven't watched My Best Friend's Wedding... You probably don't like this type of movie, or you're me and you saw it for the very first time a couple weeks ago.
0: I want to know how you saw this because when you said
1: you saw my best friend's wedding, didn't expect you to pull that out. Well, I think it was on a streaming service, I believe it was on Amazon Prime, perhaps. And you know how it goes sometimes. I'm not going to enter into like a stand up comedy bit, but. You know how it goes sometimes when you're scrolling. What is the deal? (laughs) What is the deal with trying to find a movie? (laughs) So That was a good Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) Thank you. My wife and I, we're scrolling through movies to watch. And sometimes this is a 30-minute process. And sometimes the process ends with, well, now we don't have time to complete a movie tonight. But it was just one of those where I wanted a... A movie that I had not seen before, but was low risk of being bad and could check all the boxes, so to speak, and mm-hmm. be something that Jill would enjoy as well. So I, I landed on My Best Friend's Wedding because I'm a big Julie Roberts fan, but have never seen this movie in my life. And I said, well, time to fill in a gap in my movie watching canon. <laughs> so here we are. Did, we'll ask if
0: Jill enjoyed it later. But right. let's do the Rotten Tomatoes real quick. Okay. This is easy because the audience and critic score are exactly the same. I'm going to say 82. That's high marks. It was 73. So mm. it's still pretty good. Okay. still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still uh, certified fresh, as Rotten Tomatoes would say. <laughs> of course. Nate, this movie was one of my mom's favorites from what I remember. Mm-hmm. I think we had it on VHS yes. tape because that was the thing back then as we'll talk about technology in this movie in a moment. But we watched this, I think, many times, like me and my mom. We would just watch it. And she loved it, and, and I loved it by proxy, and I, I thought it was fun. So you have a shared history with this movie. I love it. Yes, we have a shared history. And so, Mom, if you're listening to this, hi, Mom. Love you, Mom. My best friend's wedding. I forgot how bizarre the opening was. I forgot that there was this, like, random song. That goes on for a while. They do the whole song. Right. Wishing and hoping and, 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 and after It's the, it's the whole credit song. And it, I just, I remembered it happened because I'd seen this many times. But watching it, like, me and Whitney just sitting there watching the TV, I was like, it feels weird. And none of these people are in the movie. <laughs> these are, like, extras. Yeah, like it just extras. transports you back. I feel like you're watching WandaVision. Yeah, we should talk about that sometime. But anyway, so that was interesting. And dating the movie in 1997... I say this whenever there's like old technology in movies, but I just love seeing the super old cell phones that were the size of a brick. Yes. The old Macintosh computer that Julia heard. This is early cell phones. Yes, early cell phones. So that was a lot of fun just seeing all that. So Julia Roberts, she is a food critic who has this best friend guy who they've been best friends for nine years or whatever she says. Yes. And they've never married anyone. Right. They've had relationships or whatever, but they always go back to each other having been best friends. Right. You know, this is the premise of the movie. And then he calls up and says, Jules, calls her Jules. Which is Julia Roberts' nickname in real life. What? There you go. That's cool. I didn't know that. So he calls her up and says, hey, be in my wedding.
1: And then hilarity ensues. Okay. Pause. Stop. Right here. I do have to say, so Dermot Mulroney plays Michael. Her best friend. Yes. I think if you're going to call up your best friend and ask them to be in your wedding. Right. There is something. I think it's like, it's this weekend. It's in Chicago. Right. I want you to be there. Regardless of whether you think you love him and want to break up the wedding, which is what she thinks. She wants to it's do. It's pretty inconsiderate to to say like, hey, I know we've been together. You're my best friend or whatever. But I need you to come to Chicago this weekend to be my, I don't know, maid of honor. In the wedding,
0: right? I would I would be rubbed the wrong way by that. But it also seems like they have this relationship. They allude to like, oh, they go off to Tahiti randomly for oh, you're right, a month. They're, they're like, yeah. you know, fly off to
1: Italy. So they seem like fly by the seat of your pants people. Yeah, that's true. And and Jules is a food critic, which I was hoping would come back to play later in the movie. It doesn't. No, and
0: <laughs> this this was a pet peeve in that opening scene where there's like hustle and bustle in the kitchen. That was kind of Uh a fun thing. They bring out the dish to Julia Roberts. We see a fork stab the meat. Uh And then we hear Julia Roberts voiceover reviewing the meat. And then we see her. We never see her eat the meat. She
1: never puts the meat in her mouth. And that that bothered me. It's in her writer. Yeah, It's in her writer. I cannot be eating meat on on screen. (laughs) That bothered me. I'm writing it up as inventive and confident. By the way, Julia Roberts... 1997, yes. Julia Roberts. She's 30 years old in this movie. She's 30 years what? old. What? She's younger than me? This is, look, Nate, this happens. I have never felt so old in my
0: life. I, I know. I know. Because I was wondering the age that they're portending to be in this movie and what were their real ages at the time. Julia Roberts was born in 1967. This movie came out in 1997. She was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Wow. 30, Nate. Wow. She was doing blockbuster rom-com movies when we were just thinking about starting a podcast. I want you to think about that for a second. Think hard about it.
1: I know. Okay. Well, now that I've grasped my own mortality, we'll go back to this. (laughs) Julie Roberts. Memento Mori. Mid-90s is I would say height of her powers. Yes.
0: She's still had a lot of years of superpowers. Oh, I, mean, I mean, she's had Aaron very Brockovich.
1: Long, Oh, yeah. She starts getting into like, she starts getting into almost like Oscar. Like before this, yeah. she, it was more like Pretty Women. I think Mystic Pizza, Steel Magnolias. Like, right, 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 But right. she starts getting into like, she does that Aaron Brockovich tour de force. Yes. Of like, I'm going to start winning some awards as well. She won. Maybe she won some before that. She won Best Actress for Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Okay. So, I would say, I need to go broad strokes here because I'm I'm afraid we're going to get too granular too fast. But I have to say, so she chose Dermot Mulroney, who plays Michael, and Cameron Diaz. She handpicked them to be in this movie with her. Oh, really? I would assume a powerful, like, we have Julia Roberts for this movie. This is the movie. she She gets what she wants. I would say, I know this is much later and I've only just seen this movie now. Julia Roberts is a great actress. I know this is a hot take, <laughs> but her character in this movie, My Best Friend's Wedding, is somehow the most unlikable character. Yes. But at the same time, every once in a while makes you feel sorry and brings you back in oh, with like a type of charm. And this balance that she holds throughout the movie is masterful.
0: Yes, you are right. She was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actress, by the way
1: for this movie. Okay. I believe it. I mean, I believe it. Yeah. I've I've never, you know, I saw this movie for the first time and I thought, "Oh, I get it. I get why people like this one. She is great. She
0: is so lovable in so many other movies." And as we were watching it, Whitney, I think was this was actually her first time seeing it. Whitney had not seen it before. Oh, excellent. And so as we were watching it, we both kind of had the realization, "Well, wow." She is really unlikable in this movie. She is not a
1: yeah, a protagonist.
0: She is despicable. She is despicable. Like if you really think about what she's doing to these two people, her yes, supposed best friend and his fiance, like the lies and the deception, it's like she is being super evil in this movie, and you know it. Like, there's no, right? There's no way you can justify what she's doing. You can't say like, "Oh, it's not that bad." Like, it's bad. No. She's pretending <laughs> it's to bad. send an email from the future father-in-law getting her best friend fired from his job. Like, that right. is a serious offense. You
1: can take a later flight.
0: No, 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 no. I'm a busy girl. I've got exactly four days to break up a wedding, steal the bride's fella,
1: and I haven't one clue how to do it. And
0: then she has these conversations with George,
1: her editor. Which I have to say, I still really like his character. I think it holds George up. George Rupert Everett. Yes. I, at first I thought, you know, because it was the 90s and every once in a while you have like the, um, oh, what's her name? We've talked about the best friend archetype. The best friend character. The quirky yes. best friend archetype. Yeah, the the Katherine
0: Heigl uh, uh, sidekick.
1: Right. So, I, you know, the... At first I thought, okay, he's going to be a pretty side character. He's the the gay editor who's like fun and, and quirky.
0: He's the male version of Judy Greer. Yeah, he
1: he's the Judy Greer. And and you think to yourself like, ah, he won't be in this movie that much. He's just going to be like checking in, he'll be at the end sort of thing. Rupert Everett comes through with some of the most likable parts of this movie. Oh, and my goodness. If at the beginning this script was like, oh, we don't have George in it that much, and then he did a couple scenes and absolutely stole them from Julia Roberts. They must have thought, well, we need more Rupert Everett in this movie. And I loved Almost every moment of it. He was hilarious.
0: He had so many like quick little liners and quips that you barely catch. Like when he flies the first time to Chicago to talk Julia Roberts off the ledge, he's walking into the hotel room and he's like, oh, death by minibar. <laughs> he's like, he just has all these little comments and it's
1: so good. Hideous room. Death by minibar. How glamorous. Huh? The scene of them all singing in the restaurant? okay. He starts leading that? The whole time that he was with Julia Roberts pretending to be
0: her fiancé was hilarious. So good. Yes, he did a great job in in all those moments. The restaurant scene, I have have a question for you. Number one, the two other bridesmaids who were like sisters or whatever, Uh cousins, they actually sang.
1: Did you know this? I mean, yeah. I, I heard them sing during this movie. I thought, oh, Okay. Because I, guys I had to answer. I, real talents. I had to answer it for myself. And I looked it up and
0: like one of them went to Juilliard. Yeah, yeah. And the other one has like <laughs> like a Bachelor of sense. Fine Arts. Does like theater. And so they sing there. And then they, they sing at the end in the wedding. Yes. The way you look tonight. But anyway, the whole restaurant scene is hilarious. Do you think that would actually happen? Like would an entire restaurant start singing that
1: song? Ah. <sighs> I think it's possible. I really think it's possible. With a big enough table starting to sing. That was a delightful moment for me. Yeah. I smiled throughout that scene.
0: And I have to say, like the look on Michael's face as that song is going on and he's kind of like feeling worse and worse about the whole situation. Yes. That was another great moment. Also, the karaoke scene. When Cameron Diaz, who again does a great job in this movie because she is really annoying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you also
1: feel for her innocence, right? Like in all this, and so anyway, great job. But I think if I were Cameron Diaz and my fiance brought his best friend, and I I would try to be cool, but if she looked like Julie Roberts, 1997, Mm -hmm. it would be hard to not immediately be like, I'm sorry we're not going to be friends. You are far too beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. She's also a senior in college, which is a little awkward. Oh, is that? I don't know if we have time to get into that. Is she? I yes. thought she was doing a master's program or something. No, because she because oh, right, she didn't she, finish her. She's going to finish. And they keep talking about that and the job and all that stuff. So I don't even know if we have time to get into that, but I just want to say the karaoke scene, she sings so poorly in that scene. And I, and I was wondering if that was like, is she really that bad? I saw this little special video with the four main actors from this movie. They recorded this little video now. And Cameron Diaz said that scene was actually terrifying for her because she actually doesn't sing. Like, she is really bad. And it was so scary. Oh, wow. It was scary for her to do. And then when the whole restaurant actually started singing with her, she said it changed the whole, like, temperature of the room. They talked about that as just, like, a really hard scene to do and then turned into a fun scene. And it's also great in the storytelling because it's like, Julia Roberts brought Cameron Diaz there because she wanted to embarrass
1: her tried to embarrass her yeah right
0: and then when she actually it's still still terrible but when she actually does it and the restaurant like goes into her favor like you see george looking at cameron diaz lovingly julia roberts looking at george looking at cameron diaz and like it's a great moment for them
1: also Julie Roberts shows in that scene that she kind of smiles at Cameron Diaz and has... She kind of warms up to Cameron Diaz some in that scene, too. Yeah. Because, like, she was kind of winning over Julie Roberts, which is was a fun... Because, like, Julie Roberts is trying to break up their wedding. And (laughs) only, you know... Worried about losing her best friend, but also like has this, which is an amazing theme that I feel like this movie has a lot of themes that I've not seen in a whole lot of other movies, of her being like, I'm not sure if I like love him, love him, but like I don't want to lose him. Right. And I have this Hollywood ideal of what, like, oh yeah, we should be together. We have all this chemistry and he shouldn't be with someone else. And it's kind of a jealousy-fueled sort of yeah. infatuation. But she has this feeling but at the same time you're rooting for her to actually like cameron diaz because cameron diaz like you said is so innocent and sweet and you're hoping to like oh i hope i want them to actually be good friends
0: yeah and there was one line that cameron diaz says that i still remember from my early viewings of this movie and now where she says he's got you on a pedestal and me in his arms and that line is so deep so good because it it she understands the situation like she knows what's going on
1: She's, she doesn't have some blinders on He's got you on a pedestal and me in his arms. All right, let's talk about Romance Corner. Okay. It's time to get to all the Romance Corners.
0: Yes. Here's my big question for you to start this off. Yes. The title of this movie is My Best Friend's Wedding. Even early on in this movie, when Michael first calls Julia Roberts, she says, I need you here to help get me through this. Is it okay to have a best friend of this proximity If you're even dating, engaged, and then going into marriage. Is this weird?
1: (sighs) I would say the Nate of five years ago, or maybe 10 years ago, would have probably said, no, you shouldn't. But I think now, I, I don't subscribe to the when Harry met Sally sort of, you know, you can't have the other, the opposite sex friend, close friend sort of thing in there. And... Other than they they do have a past. They do have a romantic past. And I think that's the thing that gets a little bit muddier, is that they did have a romantic time together, Michael and, and Julian. But I think, for the most part, he is so honorable during, like, he shows, like, no, I'm not trying to, like, be with you, Jules. I'm I'm not... He wasn't trying to, like, sneak into anything else. So I feel like... It was good. And the way that he brought her in and talked about her all the time to Cameron Diaz, his fiance was good. I feel like it is possible and good. My only caveat to that is my only thing is I think you got to be more aware if you're Michael that Jules is trying to be with you. I think his obliviousness to me showed that he wasn't as good of friends with her/slash mm. best friends as maybe he thought. Well, does that make sense? I feel like yeah. they were adventure friends, but maybe not day-to-day friends. Well, they definitely weren't day-to-day friends because, like Julie Roberts
0: said, they they won't talk to each other for a long time and, and they then, go on you a, know, like an adventure, go on a fling, or whatever. Right. Here's my thing. Yeah, there is a scene when Michael asks Julia. You know, can we spend some time together this afternoon? Is it the
1: boat? They get on the boat. Yeah, the boat. the The boats. The I was going to say the boats. The thing. The boat that's scene. The, the 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 weirdest.
0: The boat scene. Michael is basically saying, "If you love someone, you just say it." Right. And he goes silent. They pass under a bridge. Chicago's showing off. They're on this boat in a little river. Go through the city. Right. And Julia Roberts just looks at him and says nothing. Mm -hmm. And then it looks like Michael has this realization that's like, okay, well, I've given her every opportunity and it's not there. And then they just dance together slowly on the back of the boat. Right. We didn't use the word love a lot, did we?
1: Kimmy says, if you love someone, you say it. You say it right then, out loud. Otherwise, the moment just passes you by.
0: The way he was phrasing it, he was opening the door for Julia Roberts to say, I love you to him. Because earlier, too, in the movie, he talks about how Cameron Diaz, I can hug her in public and she never pulls away, or I can, you know, do all this stuff. And so it seemed like he was saying, if you feel this a certain way about me, like, here's your opportunity, and she does it. Oh. Here's my question to you. Okay, go ahead. If that is the case, and if Hmm. Julia Roberts in that moment said what she said at the end of the movie in the gazebo, and she said, I love you, I loved you for the past nine years, I've just been afraid to say it, Mm -hmm. choose me. If she would have done it then, there on the boat,
1: do you think Michael would have changed his mind? I don't think so. Because I think... I think she does have that gazebo moment, the choose me moment, which is so good because it's anti every romantic comedy where the best friend confesses their love to the person who goes, right. you know, you shouldn't marry the other person. You should marry me. Yeah. And they realize, oh, yeah, I do. It's that's my friend the whole time. And this movie turns that on right. its head and goes like, actually, here's what it would really be like in real life of you trying to kiss your best friend. And they pull away like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. I really think that he really had no intention of being with Julia Roberts. I I think even if it would have been a moment of him being like why didn't you say this to me 5 years ago? Like why didn't you commit to me then? I think he truly has moved on. What do you think? Mm. That moment on the
0: boat, I think is unsure.
1: Mm. Later like a, a cold feet moment?
0: Yeah, like if she would have done it, would he go either way? Like me as the viewer, I would say I think it would go either way in that moment. Like, he might say, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's just fly to Italy right. and forget this whole wedding. But after she confesses her love for Michael in the gazebo, Cameron Diaz catches them, and then they, and there's this hilarious chase scene where <laughs> they're all driving the cars. Julie Roberts calls George again, and he's like, so Michael's chasing Kimmy, yes. and you're chasing Michael. Who's chasing you? Who's chasing you? it's <laughs> so like, how is George, like... The wisest of all. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's just so good.
0: And Michael started chasing her before he could answer me.
1: Michael's chasing Kimmy. Yes. You're chasing Michael. Yes. Who's chasing you? Nobody. Get it?
0: Then they get to the train station and Julia Roberts and Michael finally get to have the moment uninterrupted to kind of reflect on what just happened. Right. And Michael says this line to Julia Roberts, thank you for loving me that much or that way. And it's like, The most platonic, like obvious statement to say, I hear you and, you know, I I appreciate it, (laughs) but I don't love you back. And so I think in that moment, it's clear that Michael has passed any kind of romantic feelings for her.
1: But I don't think we know that until that moment. I think this movie, where it maybe drops the ball the most, is that it doesn't quite, it rounds third. I'm going to get a little baseball-y here. It rounds third, Mm. but it doesn't really head all the way home because what this movie which is i can't believe that this happened in 1997 because as we've discussed everyone pairs off in 90s romantic comedies that's right that's right and it's like you're with you find someone you're with ultimate romantic love is the peak you know, is seen as the pedestal, is the thing that we're all searching for and every other love is sort of diminished. This movie dares deposit that, like, especially with uh, Jules and George, and, like, they have a friendship. He's gay, so he's not attracted to her at all, sort of thing. Right. They, it really goes to show, actually, like, a friendship kind of love and the friendship she has with Michael is a beautiful thing. And it it, it can be something that makes you very happy through life and is very fulfilling in a lot of ways. It doesn't quite go all the way there, because at the end of the day, it really is like, she could have admitted, yes, I love you. And I'm unsure whether it's romantic love, or if it's friendship love, or if it's like- Fear of losing someone. Fear of losing you. I would say at the end, she was able to Which the movie never goes into, which I wish it did, is be able to. You know what? Real love for my for Michael involves being so happy for him that he found Kimmy, and being like continuing to be a friend to both of them going forward, and that kind of like that is a truer love than her fantasizing of a romantic, you know, getaway with Michael. Yeah. And I wish the, I wish the movie would have landed the plane firmly on that runway. It kind of got to a, okay, well, it wasn't really love, uh, love with a, you know, hallmark love. (laughs) And instead it's like, all right, back to being me sort of thing.
0: Right. Which the side note, side question for romance corner, Michael and Kimmy, Mm. do you feel like they have, chemistry or a relationship there like i don't know if that's gonna last <laughs> yeah
1: i was a bit struck throughout the movie that it seemed their conflict resolution needed a little work not mm, to be a, yeah not yes, to be a counselor yes. here but it seemed like the way that he reacted to her offering like because julie roberts tries to convince convince this is all wrapped up in Chicago White Sox, which is my team. But convinces, mm, convinces right. Kimmy to have her dad offer him a job, and she thinks she's doing a great thing for him and giving him an opportunity. And he gets so mad at the table right away, and she like begs for his forgiveness there. And it it seems like wait, hold on a second, Michael. Like that was pretty presumptuous. That I don't know. Their relationship is good, but not. They got some work to do. But she's yeah. young, she's
0: in college. Right, which again is slightly weird. Let's just be
1: honest. It's slightly weird. We're also slightly old. Okay, so what do you think about their relationship, Michael and Kimmy? We don't really see it very
0: much. No. That's the thing, like the few moments there's like either conflict and it's hard to, like they don't they struggle to resolve it. Or it's mm-hmm. the karaoke scene where it's like, okay, it looks like Michael is looking longingly at her, but I don't know, it's hard to tell how much he really likes her <laughs> or not. <laughs> right. Because we see Michael and Julie Roberts way more. I don't know. You know, I think the romance is actually secondary in this movie anyway. Right. Because it's really about Jules Robertson Michael.
1: Yes, it it's true. It's just meant she's just meant to be a, a very sweet soul. Which now we have to get to my least favorite scene of the movie. Oh. The one that strains credulity, as you would say. Mm, okay. And that is this. The public restroom scene at the end. Yes. Between Kimmy and Jules. Yep. It has a few good lines, because at at this point in time, Kimmy's like, all right, Jules, you did all these bad things to steal my man. Which, by the way, she should absolutely be furious. But also, she's sad, because I think she thinks that Michael is going to choose Julie Roberts. Right. They have a fight when Jules finds her in the restroom stall, and they start yelling at each other. This resolution between these two Mm -hmm. is so fast and kind of rushed that I did not I did not find it a satisfying way for them to become friends again. What do you think?
0: Yeah, it looks like Kimmy is just way easily or too forgiving. Like maybe she didn't really realize the gravity of everything Julie Roberts had done to try and break up their wedding. But it was strange. And then all like the crowd of ladies who were like. A,
1: hilarious, but <laughs> right.
0: B, would that really happen? I don't know.
1: It would have been a funny scene earlier on in it, yeah. but as sort of the great um, resolution scene, I needed it to carry a little more weight, I think. And not be so goofy-goofy. I'd like to take you to the church so you can walk down that aisle and marry the man of our dreams.
0: yeah. And it was also like really running towards the end like the, of the running time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, this thing's got to wrap up soon. How is this going to go? So I feel like they kind of painted themselves in a corner with we have to do these quick resolutions. Because the resolution with Michael and Julie Roberts in the train station, like that felt right. Right. But yeah, her and Kimmy in the bathroom stall, like that was, it felt, it was rushed.
1: If you're Michael and you are marrying Kimmy. And you are like, so put yourself in his shoes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and your best friend, Julie Roberts, gives this whole confession to you, et cetera, et cetera. And you find out all that she did to try to sabotage your wedding. Are you able to be able to stay friends with her or is this, does this break the friendship? I think they'll stay friends.
0: Uh, Cause I mean, not, obviously not to the level that they have been, mm-hmm. because that would be really awkward if you were married and still sure. went off on weekend flings to Tahiti yeah, <laughs> with
1: someone. Yeah. Probably should bring your wife with that with you. Yeah,
0: But I think so. And, you know, in the reception scene, Julia Roberts, like, gives... Says you can have our song on loan. You know, because The Way You Looked Tonight was Michael and Julia's song. And, you know, she's saying you can use it for you and Kimmy for now. How did you feel about that, by the way? Mm -hmm. Was that weird? Is that, like, will Michael think of her every time the song plays? Or is it...
1: I thought it was a really touching her sacrificing. And I think that was part of, you know, part of the themes is that, like... She wants everything to work for her, to to not have to sacrifice in any sort of way. She just wants to get what she wants. And and to her, love should be easy and chemistry and it makes sense for us for me and Michael to be together. And I think her giving up the song shows that like, you know, I'm willing to give things up. Sacrificial kind of love. And although the concept of them having a song and giving it to them it's like all right just pick l-o-v-e and call it a day of like do you have to have i understand the gesture i guess yeah yeah for sure weird gesture but i guess
0: it's it's a weird gesture two last quick things paul giamatti's in this movie for two minutes
1: as the just a smoking
0: (laughs) hotel but i also love that moment that julie roberts has with paul giamatti
1: i don't know it was a nice moment i thought it was very good also I typically find this as not great in movies the use of smoking yes to kind of show her stress level stress level but also like the imperfection of her character yeah and the fact that like it's not glorified at all it's like you shouldn't be smoking Right. And this is kind of her like, oh, yeah, I know, but I, I just turned to this. I thought it was a really effective and it was somewhat jarring to see Julie Roberts smoke. I don't know if she has it probably was. an Aaron Brockovich she was it too, but like I found it really effective to be like, Oh, you're not an ideal person. Right. You're put on a pedestal maybe by Michael, but we as the viewers get to see your real messy ugly side as well yeah yeah that was good just kind of what the smoking represented
0: every time i saw her smoking i was like that looks weird Yeah, and it doesn't feel great right and even michael later says like you need to quit this stuff because right it'll kill you the last thing i just want to point out is when julie roberts is going between kimmy and michael the day of the wedding early on and being like the messenger she has this conversation with kimmy about that she is creme brulee but michael just really wants jello <laughs> and Cubby's like, I could be Jell-O. Julie Roberts says, you're never going to be Jell-O. <laughs> and it, was, it was just a funny moment. And uh, yeah, Julie Roberts delivered that well. Creme brulee can never be Jell-O. You could never be Jell-O. You have to be jell
1: You're never going to be Jell-O. This is a good movie. It's a good movie. Have I have I told you this yet? It's a good movie. I think
0: we should rate this movie, Nate.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: So we'll rate it on a scale of zero to 5 Jellos.
1: Because of that last perfect story clip. Okay. I'm going to give my best friend's wedding a solid four. I think this is a good movie. I know that's not flashy to say, but Julie Roberts as a protagonist that is mostly antagonist during the movie. (laughs) Yes. She's unlikable, and yet you kinda hope that like you feel for her. In this unlikable way that she is, yeah. I think George is maybe the second best character in the movie. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think Michael is that amazing as a lead man, but I don't think he's supposed to be. He's kind of just, yeah, he's there, there, there. and fine. Right. And the the messaging at the end of this movie, although I don't think it hits a home run, I think it's a solid triple of her at the end. <laughs> not being paired up with anyone she doesn't find a guy at the reception to be like now i'm happy she is finding happiness in her singleness and with her friendship with george and that is rare in hollywood and so i it's maybe more three and a half but i boosted an extra half because i thought the end of the movie of her not stealing michael was refreshing because halfway through this movie i thought maybe she does end up with Michael and uh, Kimmy's going to find another guy on her way to Tahiti at the very end so that we don't feel bad for her. Allah, just go with it.
0: That's very good. I will also share your rating with a four. This is a solid, solid movie. If you're in the mood for a rom-com and you've not seen this, I think it's a good option. I love that George actually foretells the ending of this movie like three times when he is leaving at the airport after pretending to be julie roberts' fiance he says do the thing you came here to do tell michael you love him and be in the wedding and be done with it like right. he is so pragmatic matter of fact, and matter-of-fact he's the
1: wise sage
0: he's literally like the oracle in this movie and then julie roberts even asks him like what's he going to do who is he going to choose and george looks back and he says he'll choose kimmy <laughs> like that's what's going to happen. He literally says it. It's so good. You've come here just to tell him you actually love him, that you were afraid of commitment this whole time, and that you'll be in his wedding. Like, that's what you came here to do. And he was just, he is the oracle of this movie.
1: You choose Kim. You'll stand beside her at the wedding. Kissing goodbye. And go home. That's what you came here to do. If we can give you advice, listeners, in this real world, sometimes your friends know about your romantic life as unbiased third parties that love you. So listen to some advice, especially if they're a wise person. We don't often give advice on this show, but I feel like that's some pretty good advice is that you may have some blind spots in your romantic life Mm -hmm. that your friends may be able to illuminate.
0: That's correct. That is correct. So, four jellos for me, too. It's a great movie. Listeners. Let us know what you thought. Is this a longtime favorite of yours, or did you just see it and you absolutely loved it? Or maybe you didn't like it. That's okay, too. Let us know on Instagram, at Movies on the Side. Also, Twitter and Facebook, under the same name. If you haven't yet, we ask you to give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And also, we have bonus episodes every week. We talked about the shuttle launch that Nate witnessed and also some deep friend stuff in this week's bonus episode. Check that out at Patreon.com slash movies on the side support the show with any amount and you get access to all the bonus episodes from the back catalog and like we always say
1: it is not going well this is what comes of telling the truth or even part of it you know (laughs) getting what you deserve is totally unfair